Hey leaders, hope you're ready to ditch the delusion and dive into the raw reality of leading people. Because let's be honest, hope is not a plan, especially when it comes to building the high-performing and engaged teams. Today, we're going to focus on people leadership. I'm your host, Kevin Pinal. I've been leading people for a few decades now, and it all started when I was about 19 in the United States Navy, given a leadership position in hospital core school. That's a, a medic training for folks that don't know what corpsmen are, and it didn't always go well. And I'll touch on some of that today as I cover the cornerstones of becoming a good people leader. No fluff, just actionable advice to level up your leadership game. Welcome to the Hope Is Not A Plan podcast, where we address tough questions head on, face our problems, and highlight our hopes by providing actionable planning steps to improve ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. Now, let's get logged in and get locked on to this episode of the Hope Is Not A Plan podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to episode three of the Hope Is Not A Plan podcast, how to be an effective people leader. This is gonna be a combination of some hard skills, some administrative work, which just comes with the territory of being a leader, and then the soft skills, the how do we take care of our people. So the first of these seven, uh, what I'll call you know cornerstones, we've gotten cornerstones and pillars and foundations, right, that we've talked about so far in the other episodes. So these cornerstones to me of leadership start with learning the policies. Right. We have to know with the foundation of kind of what are we going to be expected to consult our people on? Um, you know, we wouldn't build a house without blueprints. So why lead a team without understanding the ground rules? This is just part of being a leader. You have to dive into the policies that are applicable to you and your team and your department um, and any procedures. And it doesn't sound awesome, but it's just it's part of the job. So if you're thinking about becoming a leader, know that you're going to have to get into policy. You're going to have to be able to know about it or say, I don't know, and find out about it and get that information back to your people. So dive into your organization's policies and procedures. Um, you know, it, it's critical. And knowing the rules also empowers you to advocate for your team. So let's say something comes up and you have to know the rule to speak to it on behalf of your team member. Or unfortunately, one of your team members is breaking the rules, then you have to be able to speak to that too and not just to be an administrative regurgitation but you just have to know where the boundaries are to navigate challenges confidently and, and avoid maybe some costly missteps, um, especially if you have to go down the road of human resources stuff. Uh, policy comes into play, unfortunately. It's kind of like building a legal case. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Dig deep, right? Ask the folks that have been around for longer than you, that have been leading in your organization. Um, and you know you don't have to necessarily be a policy pro, but you should know where they are and, and be familiar with them. So one, learn the policies. The, the second thing is knowing your organization. It helps if you're already at a place and you advance, um, like in the military, you test and you advance and you're typically with the same unit, but then you could be you could be shipped out somewhere else. In private industry, you could be there, move up positions in the scale, like for me as a project manager, going from staff to senior to then a manager. Or you could come from the outside, which I think is harder in knowing your organization, but you know, policies can help paint that picture. And to lead effectively though, we just, we need to know who's who. We, do, we need to understand the team's strengths, the weaknesses, the motivations, right? It's, it's leadership one-on-one kind of invest the time, look at the org charts um, of not just your team, but the organization above you and parallel with you in, in all aspects. Um, getting to know them too is kind of, you know, what drives them. And we'll, we'll touch on this here a little bit, but, but more so I talked about, you know, as one of the foundations of planning is known is, is building a functional org chart where you have to know what that is for your organization to help your people resource projects or know who to go to with certain questions um, and know kind of the challenges that each of those groups face. And, and so 
know the org structure, it's, it, it can be embarrassing if you don't know somebody in your organization and your team's asking you. Um, if you're brand new, you've gotten a leadership position in a new organization, it's different, right? You're expected to have some sort of grace period of not knowing who's who. And that's where you're, you just let your ego go and say, I don't know. I'm new. Let's, who should I ask for this? And then just, just do that. So we're learning our policies. One, two, we're knowing our organization. Three, take some classes if you haven't already, right? Leadership, it's not a static state. It's a constant evolving journey. It's, it's a learning journey. Invest in yourself. There's so many great free leadership um, courses out there on on LinkedIn Learning, on Coursera. Um, Echelon Front has some of those. I mentioned Jocko and, and um, Leif Babinor with that Extreme Ownership book. They do great things online. There's so many resources, and it's worth investing the time. There's tons of books. Go to your library. Go to you know, order them from Amazon or, or read them online if you if you like that kind of thing. But if investing in leadership classes and workshops, um, it, it's you know like taking your leadership muscles to the gym. You gain skills, you learn best practices, you expand your perspective, and the best leaders are always learning. If you notice that, if you if you follow anyone that's good in leadership or you're you're putting that effort in, they read tons of books, right? Because knowledge is power. It gives us different angles on things. Um, one of the best ones I've read lately is. Good leaders ask great questions um, from John C. Maxwell. My wife got me that book. It's outstanding. It's, it's a great thing. So know those policies. Get familiar with the organization you're in or you're going to be leading within. Take those leadership classes. And, and number four, ask for feedback. And there's this 360-degree feedback thing where basically you send it out to your team and, and you say, what am I doing well? What am I not doing? What do I keep doing? Uh, and you can customize those questions. But it's really good. You know, It's not always easy to hear that feedback. Right, but honest feedback from colleagues and superiors and direct reports is a gold mine for self improvement. Right, especially folks that are less filtered and are ready to give that feedback. Um, you have to be ready to receive it because a lot of people don't really want feedback when they ask for it. I think we mentioned that before, but it's true. But it's helpful to do that every now and then. In fact, I think I'm about due for that for my team to ask their feedback regularly. Regularly, um, what am I doing well? that's helping you, that's not, um, should I be more involved, less involved? And just just getting that feedback and absorbing it, um, seeking it regularly, embracing the good and the not so good, and then use it to become a more effective leader, right? Just, just you know, you don't have to take all of it, but you should certainly consider it and, and see where you can fit the feedback in, whether it's something you should keep doing or that you should change. For me, number five is letting leaders lead, right? Everyone's a leader at every level. And so, Here's the thing, effective leadership is not just about us, right? We have teams, that's why we're a leader, because we're leading a team. And sometimes letting go is the best way to lead. Um, I've found that micromanagement kills motivation and stifles creativity. Uh, I know it does for me when I'm micromanaged. And it's like, well, what am I in this spot for if someone's gonna tell me what to do all the time? And and I feel the same way, and I've been fortunate to lead a few programs, and those folks were leading a project or multiple projects. And one, practically, you just, you can't effectively lead if you're trying to micromanage the way people are doing multiple things while you're also having to stay at like 10,000 feet. It's just not helpful. And so delegate the tasks, empower your team to make the decisions, and trust them to do their jobs, right? Our role is to guide, not control as leaders. Now, if our leaders aren't leading, that's where we get into this kind of coaching versus consulting thing, right? Coaching is asking those good questions to prompt them to find a solution and consulting is giving them the answer. And so sometimes you have to go in between those where you're letting your leaders lead, but you're giving them a little bit more information, whether they're new or they're having a hard time or they ask for more help. So you, you have to balance that. But by and large, 
If you have someone, say for me, a project manager that's leading the process of a project, my job's not to tell them how to do that. Now, that doesn't mean if I see things going wrong, I'm not going to ask questions, but I'm not going to jump in there and take over the meeting and tell them what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So letting leaders lead empowers them. It builds morale. And it's just, it's just better for the team. I think you all have been there, right? When folks empower you and let you do what you're supposed to do and let you make decisions and be part of the direction of the company or the project or the program, it's a good feeling, right? It's, it's, it just feels good to be included. Uh, number six, gauge pushback, right? So there's times when we need to provide pushback, but there's times when we get it, right? Gauge in the right moment is crucial. And so what if our team is pushing back? What if a team member is pushing back? Are they right? Should we go, you know what? You're right. I didn't think about that. It's your prerogative to make that decision on there. And I just was stuck in my own. How would I do this? You know, is it a minor issue that's best handled by the team or a critical situation that needs my intervention? Uh, we got to choose our battles wisely, but it's okay for our team members to push back on us. We want free thinking people because, again, otherwise, why do we have a team? We have a team to be there and grow and get better and, and do what they're supposed to do with their knowledge and their soft skills and their hard skills and all those kinds of things. So gauge the pushback they're giving us. Is the pushback they're giving us legit because we're maybe not letting them lead? because they came from somewhere else and they don't understand our system? Or should we change our system to adapt what they've brought with them from somewhere else? So many different combos of how you get that pushback. Uh, of course, is if it's appropriate, right? If you're being told no and you're trying to get them to just do the basics, then that's a problem. But you, you just have to gauge that as a leader and accept that you're going to get pushback and that's okay in, in most instances. Number seven is not surprising. It's the First of the pillars of balancing your life, it's number seven here. It could be in whatever order. It's taking ownership, right? As a leader, the mark of a good leader is ownership. It's taking responsibility for the team's successes from the standpoint of, hey, look what the team did and calling those folks out. And then for sure, it's standing in front of the barrage of questions and concerns that are going to come at your team if there's a failure or an issue is happening and saying, I apologize, I didn't address this earlier. Let me work with the team and help find a solution or help, you know, re-communicate that solution if, if it was uh, found already and maybe somebody didn't happen to read the update or, or whatever happened. You know, when you're going to celebrate the wins, when they go south, south again, like I mentioned, we're going to step up and take the heat. We're going to shield our team from the blame. We're going to build loyalty and trust. And we're going to own the mistakes. And that is super hard to do because... We know who did or didn't do something. We may know the facts about you know this or that, but you know what? As a leader, it's not it's not your job to call out your people in front of and to other people, right? It's your job to say that's on me. Let me work with my team member, and then we'll come back with a solution. Again, that's borrowing. Things don't get better, and they go down the HR path. That should be like I mentioned that earlier, but that should be a, a, a very rare occasion that that even has to happen because you have already worked with your team, you already know the policies and you're helping guiding them on what's our standards, both in how we do things in this department and organizationally. You know who's who, so you can help your team members navigate, whether they're resourcing a project or they have a question about a specific area. We are learning and taking leadership classes for to develop ourselves. We are asking for feedback proactively. Um, look up 360 degree feedback. There's tons of resources out there. We're letting our leaders lead. Right, We're letting them do what they're supposed to do. We're giving them opportunity to be part of big decisions. We're going to gauge the pushback they give us and encourage it. Right, Hey, if, if you feel like I'm wrong or, or something, let me know why and let's talk it through. 
and we're going to take ownership, right? We're going to own our team members' success from the standpoint of celebrating and calling them out, and we're going to own when things don't go well by saying that's on me. Let's fi- I'll find a solution with them. So there you have it. Short episode, but remember, becoming a, a good people leader it takes effort, right? It takes dedication and a willingness to learn. The rewards are pretty measurable, right? A thriving team, a fulfilling career, and satisfaction of knowing that you're making a real difference. So ditch that hope, embrace the plan, and start building your leadership legacy today. Until next time, everybody, keep leading, keep learning, and keep it real. Do you have any thoughts about what I've shared today uh, on this episode? What are your biggest challenges or successes as a people leader? Leave me your comments on the LinkedIn post. I'll put this on or on Twitter or Instagram at hope's not a plan or hashtag hope is not a plan on social media. Let's get that out there. Let's keep the conversations going. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, all the other platforms. Share, leave a review, uh, like all that good stuff. And I appreciate your time. I appreciate you spending this almost 15 minutes with me. I hope this helps you become a better leader. Doing this podcast helps me become a better leader. Hearing from some of you. You all inspired the From the Archives right series or, or um, part of this show. So I'll be bringing some of the podcasts back. I've, I've done over 300 episodes I have in the hopper. So if you think of a topic, let me know. Reach out, like I said, on the, on the social platforms. Hopes, H-O-P-E-S, not a plan. On Twitter and Instagram, I am Kevin Pinnell. Reach out on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody, while hope is not a plan, a good plan will bring people hope. Stay safe out there, everybody. Wash those hands and Godspeed.